Kevin O'Brien here, the FF Engineer. I host the Fantasy Football Engineering Podcast, where I bring on a guest each week to discuss a wide range of topics, all to apply practical knowledge in order to design, research, build, and maintain your dynasty rosters for now and beyond. I borrow brilliance from each guest and share how I leverage many different areas of expertise to accomplish a common goal of competing all year round. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. Family podcast. That's James the Brain. Where? <laughs> you didn't do that the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a lot more endearing when you just stumbled through your intro the first time. Uh, well, I wait. Who? Who? Are we? What? No Travis the Beard this time, but. That's Brian the Yinza. Hey, Yinza better take notice. Shemp is in the house. That's outhouse the, the, the outhouse. Hey, the outhouse. Get it right. And <laughs> I'll actually say on this show. I am John. No time for 12. Step in this trade. Addiction's my weapon, Hogue. And this is the Super Flex Super Show. Oh, yes. We've got your week nine matchups. With green, yellow, and red lights coming up later in the show. But first, we get the distinct pleasure of welcoming the newest show to the DLF family of podcasts, the Trade Addicts Podcast, as we're joined tonight by the two hosts, the fourth stooge, Brian Har at Brian Har FF, and the fantasy football industry's one name celeb. There's Seal, Prince, Madonna, Oprah, Sting, Cher, Bono, and there's outhouse at dynasty outhouse boys family congrats on the move and thank you for being here to help us break down some trades thanks for having yeah. us man yeah guys we're honored to be here hell yeah man awesome to have you guys over at dlf too so uh this is uh it's it, this is kind of a welcome home so first question for you guys on behalf of those subscribing to the dlf family mega feed what can they expect from you guys when they listen to the show? Trades, trades, and more trades. That's pretty much all we talk about. That's pretty much all we care about. Because as we say at the beginning of every episode, I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar, and I also have a trading problem. All right, yes, yeah, so that's pretty much what you're in for when you listen to our show. Talking about trades and me messing with Brian. Nice. That's perfect. That, that, yeah. Hold on, though. Hold on. I, I want to do it. Can I do it? Do it. Try it. I Let's see. am James the Brain, and I have a trading problem. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm John. Feel? I'm John Hogan. I have a trading problem. How do you guys feel after that? You feel oh, a little better, right? So yeah. good. So good. So therapeutic. Good. Admitting you have a problem is the first step, right? So that's right. I, yep. I feel good. I feel good. I feel like next episode, John is going to be John. I'm John, and I have a trading problem, Hogue. <laughs> and and I think I think that's going to be good too. Yeah. Hey. The, maybe steps in the right direction. 
Yeah, the problem is that my trading problem is I'm not that good at it. So that's why it's good to have you guys here to talk about some trades with us and uh, help us break down some listener trades. And uh, we're going to get to that in just a second, but I think James has a question. Yeah, guys, first off, I just want to thank you guys for being on. I really appreciate having you guys here. I know, Brian, you've been on previously. Uh, You are our stooge. You are our fourth. So uh, it's always awesome to have you on, Russ. I know it's your first time. We're really honored to have both of you here. So thank you guys for taking the time to come on here. Again, thanks for having us. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely, man. Okay, so real quick, we're going to get some trades to analyze. But before we do that, we kind of want to – we kind of had a question here that was a little bit outside the box, but it has a little bit to do with training anyway. So, um, Russ, we're going to start with you. Can you give us three players that you're buying and three players that you're selling in Dynasty if you're rebuilding? See, you think this is outside the box. This is perfectly on time right now because now is the time where you need to decide if you're making the playoffs, if it's worth to make the push or not because in about two, three weeks, everyone's going to know whether they are but now is when you get the cheaper trades. Uh, What am I doing if I'm rebuilding? I am selling anyone over the age of 25 because in Dynasty, if you're older than 25, you're dirt, right? So first person I'm selling, I'm gonna go with the specific of Rob Gronkowski, but in general, any tight end, really. Uh, If you're building a Dynasty roster, you're rebuilding in I mean, this is the Superflex Super Show. So in a Superflex league, you're building around young quarterbacks and young wide receivers, which means I am selling any valuable running back and tight end on my roster. Now you're going to say, but I have Zach Ertz. He's so good. That means he's worth a lot in a trade. Trade, sell, buy some young wide receivers, buy some young quarterbacks. Who should you buy? Uh, I'm a big fan of Calvin Ridley, and if you can go back in time and buy Cortland Sutton and Kenny Galladay, I mean, that's an awesome idea. Um, I mean, specifically to sell, I don't think there's anybody you need to specifically sell. Uh, Yeah, anyone that you don't think is going to be on the top of their game in three years, because if you're really rebuilding, it's going to take you a little bit, so get ready for a fun ride. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I really appreciate the fact that you don't tie that that uh, that name to it because a lot of times people fall in love with a name, you know, and so it's it's nice that you kind of give a, a, an overview, you know, positionally tight ends, running backs, trade them, load up on younger wide receivers, younger quarterbacks in super flex leagues. And uh, and that's that's I think that's a really good way to rebuild. What do you think, John? Yeah, absolutely. And we don't talk a whole lot about tight ends on here, and we probably should a little bit more yeah. because, I mean, it's – well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, at least at least that top tier of guys, it's, it's worth mentioning that, yeah, first of all, yeah, I mean, they can, they can definitely fetch a lot for you in a trade. And uh, second of all, you know, people probably cling to those guys a little too much and try a little too hard to build around – a tight end who you know is pretty easily replaceable when you only start one of them so mm-hmm. um we just spend way too much time hammering on the running backs because hand because running backs are just kind of worthless but you know Amen. that's just <laughs> a, but travis isn't here to defend uh the opposite side of that take so i'm probably going to say that multiple times throughout this episode 
Just don't in, <laughs> don't insult Baekwon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I will say that Saquon is one of the few running backs who I might actually try and build around if I was if I was in a rebuild. But mm-hmm. I mean, I I definitely would have to have more than just him in order to to make it work. <laughs> you know, he he can't be my most valuable asset. Ooh, according okay. to according to Brian, he is the most valuable asset. <laughs> Saquon one, baby. According to the DLF mock that we uh, that we've all that you know where uh, the information that we have for the uh, the early uh, returns on the DLF mock for November, which obviously has just started, but Saquon Barkley is the one point oh two. So too late. Y- <laughs> so I guess I guess John would have to have the 1.01 and the 1.02 for Saquon to not be his most valuable asset. So, um, all right. So moving on, Brian, I, I got a question for you now. So same question: three players that you're buying, three players that you're selling. But what if you're a contender? What if you have you, you've identified your team as a contender right now? You're trying to win this thing. Give me three players that you're buying and three players that you're selling if you're a contending team right now. Yeah, so first and foremost, um, you know, one of the things that I look at when I'm contending, you know, the the natural thing to do is to look at vet vets, right? Older guys um, that are going to have production, but it's not just the older guys, right? So when I'm doing this, I'm I'm thinking I'm not just thinking about the guys that can help me win this year. I'm definitely thinking about that, and that takes top priority. Um, but I'm also looking at okay, are there guys that can help me this year, but also help me moving forward? They're producing now, and they're probably going to produce a little bit here in the in the next couple of years. Um, so. First and foremost, the guy that I have is AJG, uh, AJ Green. Um, you know, still kind of an expensive asset, I think. Um, but he's the 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 Bengals have a really nice schedule here for wide receivers and quarterbacks uh, for the second half of the season, and I think that um, you know Green and Boyd both, Tyler Boyd as well. Um, I just tend to t- trust AJ Green a little bit more because uh, I've seen him do it so long, um, and I think that he's a guy that I would definitely target in leagues if I'm contending. Um, that would be able to really help out here in the second half of the year. Um, the second guy on my list is Amari Cooper, which might be a name that kind of like causes people to have a kind of a reaction to. Um, you might have puked in your mouth a little bit. Um, but Cooper is a guy I just, I, you know, Dallas just gave up a first round pick for him. They're going to use him and there's nobody else there. Uh, so I just think that Cooper's going to have an opportunity to really, you know, shine. Um, not that I love, I'm in love with Dak uh, and that offense and the scheme, but there's just, you know, this is clearly the best wide receiver they've had on that football team all season, uh, in my opinion. And right now, I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, a month and a half ago, he was still a really highly desired guy, even when he was really not producing whatsoever. So, you know, now I I think, you know, before the trade, obviously, he was a little bit cheaper than, than he, he would be now. But I still think that this is a guy that has some upside, some, some elite upside that, 
you can get for kind of an average price. So um, Cooper's another guy that I'm targeting. Again, very friendly schedule uh, moving forward for Dallas uh, as far as a passing game goes. Uh, and then the other guys I'm looking at uh, are two running backs. And John, you can probably speak on these guys, but it's it's uh, Lindsey and, and Freeman from Denver. Same reason. Great schedule. Uh, Lindsey's been beasting i mean he's been unbelievable uh and i give you a lot of credit because you kind of were one of the first people i think that were kind of on top of that uh so shout out um but you know yeah uh but but um both of those guys you know denver late in the year it's cold it's snowy it's you know they're gonna run the football um, and I just think both of those guys are going to be used. Uh, so I, I would target both of them. Um, you know, Freeman, you might be able to get a little bit cheaper than you would have early in the year since, since Lindsay's emergent. Um, but, um, but both of those guys are guys that I'm also looking to target, uh, as a contender again, um, maybe not the traditional thought process there. Um, again, I think, you know, people typically are targeting older veterans, uh, that don't have a lot of years left when they're asked that type of question for me, um, I'm still looking to the future, but obviously I'm looking for current production and all of these guys, I think are guys that are going to produce here right now as well. Um, and then as far as selling, I mean, first and foremost on this, on, on selling as a contender, sell picks, future picks all of your future picks, if that's what it takes, um, you know, picks come and go. Russ and I both are, 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 are guys that, um, throw picks like they're, uh, you know, we just throw them around and, um, you have a lot of time to reacquire draft picks. So if you're contending here in the second half of the season and you want to make that push, the first thing you want to try to sell is draft picks and see if you can get some assets, without giving any actual player production away. Um, And then a couple of guys that, you know, one of the other things that we always talk about on our show is you got to give something to get something. So, you know, so these are guys that I think have some value now, but guys that I might look to, to move for other players that can produce right now. Uh, And, and the first one is Tevin Coleman for me. He's a guy that I like. I like a lot. And I am hoping gets an opportunity to be a number one. Um, But, you know, that Atlanta offense, I I just, it's week to week. You just don't know what you're going to get out of those running backs. You know, uh, Ito's been pretty decent. Um, You know, he's essentially filled in the Freeman role uh, there. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're still in a split. Coleman's still in a split, even with Freeman out. Um, and next year's next year. And if you're competing, you know, the goal is to win. So, um, you know, Coleman would be a guy that I think you could probably get a decent return for at this point because people are looking ahead to what's this guy going to be worth when he moves on from Atlanta. Um, and then another guy is Corey Davis. Um, Corey Davis is still, uh, I think, on in October's ADP for DLF, he was like 30, he was in the mid thirties. So he's still in that end of third, early fourth startup range. Um, 
and I just don't want anything to do with the Tennessee offense. I, I love Corey Davis as a player. I'm a big Corey Davis guy. I just don't know when he's going to produce because that offense is putrid right now, and they're not going to help you this season for sure. Uh, moving forward, again, probably, hopefully, because I have a lot of shares. Um, but if you're contending and you're trying to acquire good players, you've got to give good players. So that's why I would consider moving Corey Davis too. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, for the most part, really like that list. What do you think, John? Is there anything that you heard that uh, you want to go over? No, those are all really good ones. Yeah. No, wait, um, wait. You said for the most part. I want to know what the other <laughs> part is. Well, of course I, you do. I, I tell you what, I, I'm mostly <laughs> on board with the Corey Davis take. Um, I, I think I think his value is probably a little bit higher than it should be right now. But man, I am his talent is I, I really buy into his talent. I, I think it's the situation that's held him back. And if the shit situation changes in the offseason to where, you know, they they turn to more of a a passing offense and not this, you know, uh ground and pound type thing that they wanted to to kind of build around with Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis being there. And um I, I really feel like Corey Davis could be a an elite wide receiver and a valuable asset to hold on to. But I totally get it. I mean, if you're if you're trying to win now, that's a guy that can help you garn, you know, land a couple pieces that can help you win now and could even be, you know, could even land you a couple pieces that could help you win over the next two, three years. So I, I get why you would say it. I just I'm a little bit it's hard for me to give up on Corey Davis. That's that's my thing. Um, other than that, though, I, I really I, I felt like everything else was right on. I, I still kind of on board the Corey Davis take, too. So. And it, real quick, if you want to mess with other people who are contending, try and sell them Eric Ebron or T.Y. Hilton. They're oh. awesome, but their schedule is so bad. And, you know, T.Y. till you die. And since Travis isn't here, I'm the resident Ebron lover. And even I say they're not very positive outlook going forward. Very so nice. Get, you know, start talking with the guys that are like maybe a step or two behind you and just, you know, break. T.Y. Hilton into two guys that can really bolster your depth and they think they're going to get that extra little push to make it into the playoffs or, you know, to beat that third place team that they have to play the first round and they don't know that you're kind of screwing them over. Nice. Real quick, guys. I just just one more question real quick. Uh, What are your guys thoughts on some of the Arizona Cardinal um, options? I know Larry Fitzgerald's an older guy um, and Christian Kirk is kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum. Well, looking at the Arizona Cardinals schedule moving forward, it's it's um, I mean, it's a cakewalk. It really is, especially for passing offenses. Um, do you guys put any credence into trying to buy any of those guys? Um, and real quick, just in case our listeners don't know, um, I'll, I'll just real quick list Arizona's remaining schedule. They have a bye this week. They come back and play uh, in Kansas City against the Chiefs. Then they have the Raiders at home. They go to the Chargers, to Green Bay to play the Packers. The Lions, the Falcons, the Seahawks, and the Rams. Um, so what do you guys think? Are those guys worth buying at all? Well, I heard somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where, but I, I think I heard that Christian Kirk is something called a technician. So, oh, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It, he's, he's, his essence is still in the air, even though he's not actually in attendance. 
Oh man, we miss you, Travis. Uh, <laughs> it was yeah, actually Larry Fitzgerald, time. but I mean, he he would have got around to calling Christian Kirk the same thing. I mean, that's just kind of that. That's like the the highest compliment you can pay <laughs> to a to a player on your favorite team. Yeah, yeah, another another thing with Fitzgerald too. He's had two receiving touchdowns the last two games he's played. Um, so one each in the last two games he's played. So it looks like he's coming on a little bit, and they definitely used him. Um, like a number one receiver, finally, last their their last game with uh, Byron Leftwich taking over as the offensive coordinator. So definitely an interesting name to keep an eye on, I think. I, I, what do you think, Brian? Are those guys that you would be considering buying if you're, uh, if you're contending? Yeah, I think if the price is right, absolutely. Um, that offense looked a lot more like the offense I think more of us expected to see um, when Leftwich took over uh, prior to the – the last game there Uh, like you said Fitz had the best game that he's had all year Um, you know DJ wasn't just like taking the ball straight up the middle uh, every single carry Um, and they put him outside they split him out wide a little bit you know so um, yeah I kind of liked what I saw and I hope I hope that that continues I'll tell you the other guy and and not necessarily for contending but the the other guy that I would really really consider buying right now is is rosen josh rosen oh Um, now you're talking my language so i mean i've 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 made you know numerous comments about him being uh, my qb1 in in this past rookie class um you know and and i just i've really liked what i have seen out of him he looks to me like the most and, and look, I'm not saying that Baker isn't going to be a good NFL quarterback or that Darnold isn't going to be a good NFL quarterback. I think all of these kids have a shot to be pretty good players in this league. But Rosen, when I watch him play, looks like an NFL quarterback. And I know that looks like isn't what we're trying to do here, right? Um, but he he just, he has that it factor for me that I just, you know, his mechanics are just, they're beautiful. I mean, watch the guy throw and some of the throws that he has made already, you know, his statistics haven't looked overly impressive, but some of the throws that he's made, I'm like, geez, oh man, like that, that kid, that kid's got it. You know, it's just a matter of learning the NFL game uh, and, and, you know, and hopefully building an offensive line that can keep him upright and healthy um, but he's a guy that in super flex leagues, especially if, if somebody is frustrated because Rosen hasn't been, you know, they took him one Oh two or one Oh three in their rookie draft. And they're kind of disappointed with the production that they've gotten so far and are impatient. I'd pounce on that all day. I think he's a kid that's really going to be special in this league. Um, and then as far as the other pieces, you know, yeah, I think, I think Fitz is the, the easiest and logical one there. Um, DJ, I think is going to have a big second half of the season. Um, the problem with DJ is I think the price is still probably, um, you know, I mean, you're going to have to pay for him for sure if, if you're going after him. So, um, that's the one deterrent there, but if you have the assets and you want a guy, I think you can plug in every week. He's, he's one of them. Yeah. Love that. Love it. Nice. All right. Before we get to some of our listener trade questions, I've got an announcement of my own to make here. Uh, it's a night of announcements with uh, 
with the uh, the announcement of the Trade Addicts podcast joining the DLF family of podcasts. So I have to make an announcement, and uh, it's going to lose its effect without Travis here. But this is based on a trade offer that I got yesterday. Um, so w- w- before I get to the context, I'm just going to make this declaration right here and now. I've found a player who is worth four first-round picks in Superflex. Aaron Rodgers, the number one asset in Superflex, is worth four first-round picks. So the trade offer, and, and I want to I, so I wanna work through this with you guys and see what you think about it because I got this trade proposal. It's a Superflex league. My team has been underperforming so far and, uh, you know, is built around the quarterback position. Um, I, uh, I missed with Marcus Mariota. I've got Baker Mayfield. I've got Sam Darnold. So I'm waiting for those guys to mature. And I've got Aaron Rodgers. And I built around the wide receivers like I always do. Beckham has been, you know, good enough, um, but definitely not what we expected from him. And then Corey Davis and Amari Cooper. I've been waiting on these guys all season. So obviously my, my record is kind of suffering right now. So the offer that I got for Aaron Rodgers was AJ Green, who, you know, the you could make the argument that he's worth two first round picks, and then another first round pick that projects to be mid to late. And I f- I found out, you know, to me that's three first round value right there, but I couldn't pull the trigger on that. That leaves me in a situation where I have to spend that one first-round pick that I'm getting on another quarterback, and then I have to take on the risk that they're actually going to pay off. So uh, it it just it it told me that there is no way for me to move Aaron Rodgers without getting back either a quarterback or the essentially the value of four first-round picks. So I. There's a there's a context for you. I I wanted to see what you guys thought about that though, and uh, how how far off do you think my value is? Do you think that you would have made that move? Why don't you take this first, Brian? Um, no, probably not. Yeah, I don't think I would have either. Um, you know. I mean, I like I, I I mean, I just talked about Green in, in the contenders thing. So I like A.J. Green. He's been an unbelievable player for a long time. Um, But Aaron Rodgers. So a couple things. First of all, he didn't start playing in Green Bay, actually playing until he was like 24 years old, 25 years old. Right. So he was. You know, that those first couple of years in the league, he wasn't taking those hits. He wasn't throwing those passes during games. You know, he he wasn't throwing 500 balls a year. He was throwing what he was throwing in practice. Um, So he's a younger I think. What is he? 34 years old now. He's yeah, 34, 30, 34. Yep. So so but he's a young 34. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see Rodgers being another one of these guys like Tom Brady that plays into his 40s. I really can. Um, so you're talking about another, even if he doesn't play to 40, another five years of, another three years of elite production, another five of borderline elite, and then if anything after that, you're you're literally looking at Tom Brady, pretty much. 
in terms of production, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a little bit different player. He moves, you know, he he moves a little more than Tom Brady. <laughs> um, so, but I don't, I, I just, I don't think I could do, you know, Green is 30 years old or going to be if he's not yet. I think he is. He's 30 years old. Um, you know, and, and while I think he still has some years left as well, you know, Tyler Boyd is emerging. He's with Andy Dalton, which hasn't hampered him yet, but that's coming. It has to come. It has to come. <laughs> Um, you know, so I, I, I just, and, 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 uh, and picks for me again, just, if you're not, if you're not certain that what if that pick ends up, I mean, right now, for example, you trade Aaron Rodgers away, the chances of that team getting better are probably pretty good with Aaron Rodgers, right? Mm-hmm. So that pick's going to be later yet than what you're seeing it be potentially right now. Um, you know, and, and then picks are a crapshoot. So, I mean, I, I think I'm with you here, John. I don't think I could have made that deal. You shouldn't have made the deal. So, I mean, kudos for not taking that one. Uh, my issue with it is the trade doesn't make sense more than the value is off. Because I do still think the value is off. Mm-hmm. If you're getting a pick, that means you're rebuilding a little bit. But then you're getting A.J. Green, who's a 30-year-old wide receiver. I mean, that doesn't help your team at all in any way. The only thing it does is make your job more difficult whenever you decide you want to either compete or rebuild. So while I, in any circumstance I could think of, don't think I would take AJ Green and a first for Aaron Rodgers in this specific instance, look at other people's teams before you make offers. Value isn't everything. It needs to fit. And this one just doesn't fit to me. Oh, yeah, I think that, that's such a good I think point. That's a great point. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's kind of the thing. It also would have created this inefficiency on my roster where I've got 30-year-old AJ Green, and I'm hoping that he hangs on long enough that, you know, Baker Mayfield and whatever rookie quarterback I draft with that draft pick, hopefully they mature and I actually get something out of them before AJ Green dies on my roster. So yeah, that was the other problem with it. But so just from a value standpoint, I mean, there are people right now yelling at their, you know, at their at their phone or wherever they're listening to their podcast. What about Patrick Mahomes? I here I am saying Aaron Rodgers is the number one asset in Superflex. He's the number one quarterback, and people are saying, what about Pat Mahomes right now? So I I, I want to get you guys' thought on that. Number one, um, you know, where you've got Pat Mahomes. And number two, I, I, I think that that, that that kind of becomes the, the that's, that's kind of the barometer as far as the value goes. You know, how do you go from, you know, if we can say for argument's sake that Rodgers and Mahomes are one and two, how do you get from, you know, one of those guys to the other one? If you wanted to trade, you know, if you did want to get younger, how do you go from Rodgers to Mahomes? And that's that's kind of what another another uh, another piece of this of this puzzle for me is, you know, if we're saying that Mahomes and Rodgers are both worth three first round picks, then, you know, how do you when you get up into that rarefied air, how do you how do you make a move there? And that's where I I kind of came to the conclusion that the only way I would be willing to take on the risk of Pat Mahomes by giving up Aaron Rodgers is with another first along with him. So I'm also curious on your thoughts on that. 
All right. So Patrick Mahomes, I think you kind of have to have him in your top five, especially if you had Carson Wentz or Deshaun Watson in your top five for the past year. Because, I mean, he's showing it more now than Watson had the chance to, it seems. But I need more than how far into the season? Eight games to be able to put him at number one. I still want Aaron Rodgers Great. over him, even though he's so exciting to watch. I mean, it's it's awesome. But, I mean, if what happens if all of a sudden the Chiefs defense actually starts playing really well? I Patrick Mahomes only got me 27 points last week. How am I supposed to survive <laughs> on that? I mean, and that's true. I lost last week for the first time in the season because Damn you, Pat Mahomes. Seriously. It's I was embarrassed. I don't know how I Okay, right. Uh <laughs> uh now moving between Rodgers and Mahomes. Now here's my deal with this. I greatly dislike same position swaps, especially in a same tier. Now we are yep. saying that top five quarterbacks are probably a tier to me. Uh, and so if you're going to do this, it needs to be a, probably a very big trade. Uh, it would be a perfect for a rebuild slash contender kind of move though. Mahomes is putting up so many points, but if you're throwing him some old guys, he's going to throw you some young guys and you sort of rework each other's teams for whatever direction they want to go in. I don't think you can just trade the two of them because again, same tier, they both have their pluses and their minuses. You know, Rodgers has been doing it for a long time. Mahomes is doing, just putting up so many points. And if you believe that Mahomes is this 22-year-old Hall of Fame player, like people are crowning him already, I just I don't see how you move him anyway. And yeah, I can't add to Aaron Rodgers to move to Patrick Mahomes. That's not in my DNA. I just looked at my rankings over DLF. Um, nice plug. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> He's um, a company man already. Had a boy. Yes. They do need updated, for the record. Um, but I already have Mahomes in early October as the quarterback one. Oh, I love that. I'm not the only one. Okay, good. So so here's here's the thing, okay? I love Aaron Rodgers. I absolutely love Aaron Rodgers. Um, He's unbelievable. Until they get a new coach, Aaron Rodgers isn't Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> they, that offense is just not the same. That the playmakers aren't the same as they've been in the past. He's just he's not the same dude right now. And here's the other thing: talking only about Aaron Rodgers takes away from what Patrick Mahomes is doing. He's played a half a season now. He's had four or more touchdown passes in five of eight games, three or more in six of eight games, and two of the three games that he didn't have three touchdown passes, he had rushing touchdowns. Okay, now, touchdowns are a little bit of a fickle statistic, right? We talk about that all the time. You know, touchdown pace is like, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to predict touchdowns, Okay. Patrick Mahomes is also thrown for 300 yards in every game but the first one of the season. And in that one, he had 256. He's thrown over 34 passes in all but two games. The, Don't you think that situation, though? I mean, if that defense gets decent, okay, are they so, still going to throw for 400 yards every game? 
so here's the thing. So okay, so so let's talk about that for a minute. So if they do, if that defense gets a little bit better, okay, he, you take what twenty percent of that production, he's still throwing twenty eight passes. You know what Pat Mahomes has done when he's thrown twenty eight passes? Three twenty six and six touchdowns against the Steelers. He was twenty three twenty eight for three twenty six and six touchdowns. No yeah, offense, that's but that's terrible defense. It is. It is. I'm not. I mean, I understand. But but what the kid's doing is outstanding. And here's the thing. We're going to find out real quick because he has the toughest remaining schedule for quarterbacks the rest of the season. So if he maintains this, everybody's going to have him one. If he doesn't, then there's going to be some people that you know, probably have some room for other guys up there in one and two. I don't think anybody should have him lower than three right now. That's just kind of crazy talk to me. Um, there's no way, John, in my opinion, that you're going to get a first with Mahomes. Honestly, I think because of the, what he's done so far this season, I un- I understand where you're coming from in terms of Aaron Rodgers has done this for over a decade. And been an elite talent for over a decade. Pat Mahomes has done it for nine games, eight, eight and one last year, right? Yep. So it makes sense what you're saying. There is risk there because we haven't seen him do it year after year after year. Um, having said that, you know, especially in Dynasty, age is added value. So you're talking about a 34-year-old quarterback who isn't doing right now what this 23-year-old kid is doing. So I just don't see how anyone's probably going to pay a first uh, unless they are just totally enamored with Rodgers. And I know you're a big fan of his. So I would. Do um, and, <laughs> and, I, and I am. I am, too. I like him a lot. But I just I, I you know, I think I think those are your top two quarterbacks right now. And I don't think it's very close after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are guys that I like for sure. Wentz and Watson, um, you know, Andrew Luck. Um, Wilson. Yeah. Cam. Um, yeah. 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 Take Cam. Yep. Uh, Russ, I guess. Russ. <laughs> a little, little bit more to your point, too, Brian. Um, I mean, Kansas City just, what, a couple weeks ago played Cincinnati. That defense only gave up 10 points. Mahomes still threw over 350 yards and four touchdowns. So I don't know that with that defense getting better, it's going to hurt his numbers maybe as much as we think. And the the one thing I will say, too, about Mahomes that I really, really like is, look, his top playmakers, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, those guys are under contract for a while, man. Those guys aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So he's going to have these elite playmakers and this offense, because I don't think Andy Reid's going anywhere anytime soon either. He's going to have this this structure in place for a while. Who knows what's going on in Green Bay with with everything? I mean, he just lost Jordy Nelson. Now he's got Devontae Adams. I don't know what's going to happen with Randall Cobb. They have three rookie wide receivers that they're trying to to kind of get up to speed. And while uh, MVS looks really good, um, and you know, yeah, Equiminia St. Brown also has shown flashes of decency. I, I still, Jimmy Graham, I don't know what you have there yet. I mean, I haven't seen too much that really impresses me. That supporting cast around Green Bay, too, there's a lot to be desired there. And I don't know 
it seems like it's in flux a little bit more right now. So I don't know what to expect moving forward with Mahomes. I feel like I get that safety net of he's going to have these elite playmakers on him for a long time. He's going to be good for a while. He's younger. And he also has that bonus of making plays with his legs. Rodgers will run for touchdowns, but he's not going to have the rushing yards that Mahomes does uh, at the end of the year, I don't think. So um, that's another, I mean, just just a few more points on why I've moved Mahomes over Aaron Rodgers recently as well in my rankings. Oh, man. You and I need to talk off air because he's <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> making sure that to fill in for Travis here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if if Pat Mahomes sets the NFL record for passing touchdowns in a season, then we can discuss moving him up to number two. Right now, he's 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 third for me. It, part of this is, I okay, I do this every freaking episode. I'm going to quote a tweet that, uh, that I didn't cite at all. I don't remember who said it. I don't remember where I saw it. I just... I just kind of go through these and I see it and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then I, and then I go around spewing this one out, just re- repeating this as if it was my own tweet. And I can't remember who the hell said it. And I apologize for that. But Pat Mahomes is the number one quarterback against zone defenses. He's something like number 24 against man coverage. It's just a matter of time before these defensive coordinators start to figure this out. And that's why we see Deshaun Watson, you know, fly too, cr- too close to the sun and, and Carson Wentz and, and all of these guys, Marcus Mariota at one point, Jameis Winston, well, not Jameis Winston. He was never all that good, but these guys, these guys look awesome early on in their career. And then it's just a matter of time before these defensive coordinators figure them out and th- they fall back down to earth. Whereas Aaron Rodgers, his, I mean, they, they haven't figured him out yet. I don't think they're going to. He's been one of the top two fantasy quarterbacks, uh, what, seven times out of his career so far? So it, they, they haven't found an answer for him yet. And the only times that he misses the top five in fantasy is when he misses a significant amount of time with injuries. He's going to be right back there this year, too. I promise you that. Yeah, that's a that's a valid point, John. I I will say one thing though, a lot of times the way to beat man coverage when you know you're you're sending people down the field is by by rushing, you know, by running the ball um, with your quarterback. So I think Mahomes, while his passing statistics might not be the best, I think if you do that too often, he's going to beat you with his legs. When you're not doing zone, or at least you don't have you don't have someone dedicated to him that's as quick as Mahomes is. Um, you're going to run into that trouble. He's going to he's going to get a lot of yardage with his legs if you're going to play that man coverage. So I think, you know, while while that that statistic has some merit to it, I'm sure I also feel like, you know, I, I would love to know what his rushing yards are against man coverage and how many first downs and, and that sort of stuff that he's getting um, to beat that man coverage and move the ball, you know, in, in that regard that way. Mm-hmm. All right. Good stuff. Um Let's uh, let's get to the stuff that we actually told these guys we would talk about now that we've ambushed them for 45 minutes. And uh, let's talk about some trades that came to us on Twitter. And uh, this first one came from uh, Dynasty All Day on Twitter um, to, uh, to me and to the Superflex show. Real quick, you can send your trades to... to 
uh, any one of us at Superflex Dude for me. Travis is at Travis NFL. James is at underscore James the Brain. And of course, the show itself at Superflex Show. You should also be sending them to the to the Trade Addicts podcast. What's the, what's the handle there, guys? At Trade Addicts Pod. Yeah, these guys love to talk trades. And then again, you can also send it to at Brian Har FF or at Dynasty Outhouse. And uh, we can help, we can get you more, uh, we can retweet it, get you more votes and more comments, and sometimes even talk about them on our respective podcasts. So anyways, this one came from Dynasty All Day, and it's a 12-team PPR Superflex. His other two quarterbacks are Trubisky and Rosen, and he'd be giving up Jared Goff for Joe Mixon. And let's start with Brian. Where are you at on this trade, Brian? So I have a feeling that Al House and I may disagree on this one. Nice. Um, Perfect. But I I would probably not move Jared Goff uh, for Joe Mixon. And it's not because I don't like Mixon. It's just because I really like Jared Goff. I like what he's done this season. He looks like a different quarterback. Um you know, he, he's tied to McVay there in L.A. Uh, all those receiving weapons are going to be there. Todd Gurley isn't going anywhere, probably ever. Um, you know, they just signed him to the long-term deal. Uh, so, you know, I and, – and, and here's the other thing. That defense, or at least the defensive line, I know they've, they've been struggling on the back end a little bit because of the injuries at corner uh, and in their secondary, but that defensive line is about as good as it gets. So this version of Jared Goff, you know, he's he's been very efficient, um, but this isn't the crazy like I have to throw the ball 50 times a game. Jared Goff either. So there's room for him to even have more opportunities to throw the ball. Uh, you know, once some of these other contracts, I think Sue is signed to a one year deal so he could leave. Um, you know, those corners are very good. Tlaib's getting a little old. Um, still way younger than us, but hey, that is what it is. Um, you know, so I, I, I probably would not move Jared Goff. I, you know, I look at him as a, I mean, he's he's pushing top five quarterbacks for me. Um, you know, he's he, I think he's fifth right now, uh, at least in in our scoring in the trade addicts leagues. He's the QB five. So, um, you know, and that's with that's with Todd Gurley back there you know, carrying the rock a ton too. So, um, I really like golf and, and again, I like I like Mixon as a, as an asset. Um, but I just, I don't know that I would make this move, you know, and especially with those other quarterbacks, I mean, Trubisky, I like what he's done this year. I'm still not convinced a hundred percent. Um, you know, and then Rosen, I did talk about earlier and I really do like him for the future. Having said that he's not there yet. So I would probably hold on to golf in this one. Uh, see the thing is I'd be fine moving Goff I would want a little more back on top of Mixon I am actually a very big Mixon fan but I agree with everything Brian just said about Goff so I think if you're talking top tier top-ish tier quarterback I think you need more than a bottom RB1 if even you think Mixon is that I know there's mixed feelings on this show about him, but I'm a fan of him. <laughs> so, again, I'd be fine doing this, but I would want a little more back on Mixon. Uh, if, you know, it's funny. I always say if you're going to tag me or DM me with your trades, literally send me every ounce of information possible if you really want to know my opinion, because 
oh. so much goes into, you know, who won this trade doesn't help anybody. But asking, should I do this? Every ounce of information helps. And like, is this guy trying to compete? If so, I mean, I'd hold on to Goff unless he has two startable quarterbacks and maybe, you know, Fournette and Freeman were his running back. So, yeah, maybe I'd do Mixon. Value alone, I'd want a little back on top of Mixon just for Goff. Nice. Any thoughts, James? Yeah, I'm going to go real quick here. Um, I, I think this is a really close trade. I like both these players. I, I agree with Outhouse, though. I'd probably wing Goff. If if I moved Goff, I'd want a little bit more in return on the Mixon side, but I, I think it's really close. Um, I would just wing Goff side. And make it a clean sweep. On to the next one, at Scully 121 uh, He actually DM'd me this one, at Superflex Dude. Dalvin Cook in a projected mid-19 first for Julio Jones. And we'll start with Outhouse this time. Yeah, I probably should have looked at these before we started recording. Uh, <laughs> nah, it's overrated. Uh, this Flying is a tough one. is always the way to go. Yeah, make it up as you go along. That's one of our uh, mottos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the value-wise, this is actually pretty spot-on to me. Uh, Cook to Julio... Uh, they're probably only a couple of spots away from each other in uh, ADP. Uh, Age-wise, you, know, you have that big help with Cook being like 36 years younger than Julio Jones. <laughs> and they probably have the same amount of touchdowns on the year, even though Cook played half a game. I think uh, Cook might have him beat. <laughs> I, I'm going to check on that while you finish up, because that would be absolutely pathetic. But that sounds right to me. Uh, if I'm not winning this year, I would take the Dalvin Cook side because Dalvin Cook is super young, super talented on a very good team, and he'll be good for the next bunch of years. And that mid-first, if either you're going to draft a nice wide receiver or you're going to flip it for something good, Julio Jones, his time is ticking in this league. He's hit that 29-30 mark, and I am a believer in Calvin Ridley. So I'm waiting for Julio to hit that Roddy White cliff that, again, you hit a wall, you fall off a cliff. I'm waiting for Julio Jones to fall off that Roddy White cliff and just hand the reins to Ridley. Nice. Okay. What do you, uh, what do you think, Brian? Where are you at with this? Um, I think it's probably pretty close. Uh, I love Julio Jones. He's he's one of my favorite players that I've ever watched play this game. Um, he's an unbelievable wide receiver. He gets a horrible, horrible rap because he does not catch touchdown passes. It's a legit thing. I get it. Um, but like Andre Johnson never did either, and you didn't really hear it this loud about him. And Julio Jones puts up huge numbers in comparison. Uh, he's, he hasn't finished, I think below wide receiver seven in like, I don't even know, like seven years or something, four years, five years, something like that. It's been a long time. Um, and he's on pace and I know on pace, right? Those two words, right? Um, but he's on pace to have another huge statistical year from a catch and yardage, uh, perspective. So, you know, for me, I, I, I don't, I don't think that cliff is coming as soon as, outhouse does having said that i probably would lean to the dalvin side slightly um just because i think he's being undervalued right now 
I think people are frustrated with the hamstring injury. You know, people that held on to him, held on to him last year for three quarters of the year. Now this year he only played three games or parts of three games. Um, you know, I, I just think once Cook gets healthy, he's going to be a mainstay in that Minnesota backfield, at least for a couple of seasons. I don't know long term what his health's going to look like because he's a dude that's been through a lot of stuff, uh, shoulders and knees and ankles and all kinds of crap. So, um, but but for the next couple, I think he's going to produce pretty well. And then that first just kind of pushes me over to that side slightly. Um, but the decline of Julio Jones has not come yet. And I do not believe it's coming super soon. A hundred catches and 1400 yards means nothing unless there's 14 touchdowns to go along with it. Hashtag just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'll chime in real quick here, guys. I uh, I am not a Julio Jones fan. I haven't been for a little bit here. Um, I understand the consistency thing, but he, he just he would have so much upside if he could find the end zone. And it, it just it's it's so frustrating as a fantasy. You know, when you have him rostered in fantasy, and he can't he can't sniff the end zone. It's it's just it. it yeah, it just he should be in a weed asset. He should be a top two fantasy wide receiver every year with the yardage and the catches and the targets that he gets. And he just isn't because of the touchdowns. And it just, it it drives me nuts, but you know what else drives me nuts? The fact that Delvin cook doesn't suit up and he doesn't play. And this is a concern now for the second straight year. And like Brian said, you know, back going back to college, this guy's had some injuries. He's been through some stuff and I don't know, you know, how you can feel comfortable going into next season, trusting this guy as, anything more than a running back two. So basically you're trading a wide receiver one for an RB two and a first round pick. And, and really yeah, to me, the question is, and I, I think Brian hit on it, you know, how, how soon do you think that Julio is going to start seeing a, a decline? And for me, I think I, I'm, I'm really buying into Kelvin Ridley. And to me, it's kind of tied together. I think Kelvin Ridley starts seeing a little bit more of that target share and that's going to start affecting Julio's numbers, his yardage and his usage and his, his targets. So if that happens, um, I think he starts falling off sooner rather than later. So I'm going to take the cook in the first. Um, but I, I'll be honest with you. I don't love, I don't love either player that's involved in this deal personally. Um, what do you think, John, where are you at? Yeah. Uh, I think I got to stick with Julio to be honest. And it sucks because I had such high hopes for Dalvin cook going into the season, but the guy could just cannot get healthy. And even worse, like he does the thing where he he randomly, you know, you randomly get a, the notification that he's active. He goes out there and, you know, takes a couple carries and then he's done for the day. And you're like, well, what the hell, man? Like, I thought you were actually healthy this time. Like, what are you doing trying to, to even play if you're not 100% yet? actually heal up this time and it just doesn't feel like they're they're gonna get there plus that offensive line is pretty bad the the defense is creating negative game scripts i there's just so much working against dalvin cook right now and then that first round pick is just kind of a it it, it's a little too much of a crapshoot i think i gotta stick with julio jones i don't love it I would love to say go with Dalvin Cook, but I just I can't recommend that. 
It's okay to be wrong every once in a while. <laughs> I'm wrong all the time. So. <laughs> or, at least yeah. I'm, or at least I'm told that. Oh, well, yeah. you can, you're can. you filling in for Travis quite well then. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next one came from Thomas O'Brien, and it came to the Superflex Show account at Superflex Show. It's AJ Green. We already talked about him once, but this time he'd be getting Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore in return for AJ Green. This is a 12-team PPR dynasty. I feel like we should go back and forth. I took the last one first. So, Brian, you go. Yeah. So, I would probably, unless I was, like, super contending, like, I figured I was going to be at least semifinals or, or beyond, I would I would take the more Ridley side. Um, you know, I, I think you guys on the last show that you did uh, talked about DJ Moore for quite a while, uh, and, and I kind of bought in on that pretty hard too. I think the breakout for more is probably coming, um, especially over the second half of this year with that schedule. So um, I like that a lot. And we've already seen what Calvin Ridley can do a little bit. Um, you know, so I, I think the upside of those two players, you know, being as young as they are, I mean, Ridley, we could have whole, whole episodes on Ridley's age, but um, we're not going to do that. So, but yeah, I, I just think I would probably, you know, I think this is pretty good return for green if I'm not competing. Um, so I'd probably lean on that side of the, uh, the rooks. Man, I'm taking the rookies even if I'm competing. I, I, like I said before, I'm a, I'm a Ridley fan and I've been a fan of the player DJ Moore and I, my biggest problem was always just the Panthers, but they looked creative last week which is honestly the only thing that's been missing from that offense is creativity. And with, you know, McCaffrey, Curtis Samuels, now DJ Moore, they have such good multi-use players that they just didn't really even know how to use in the first place. Even if I'm competing, I take Moore and Ridley. And we talked about AJ Green being worth multiple firsts before. I mean, these guys literally were just firsts. And the, we get the added benefit here of having seen them produce in the NFL already. Yeah, I think completely worth it to take those two over AJ Green. Nice. Yeah, I I like AJ Green an awful lot, and I'm still I'm with you, Outhouse. I'm I'm taking those rookies whether I'm competing or not. I think even if you are competing, you can get some some production out of those guys right away. Um, but I think in the long term, you're going to get even more production out of them. I'm I'm buying both these guys. If there's three receivers I'm buying out of this rookie class, it's those two and Christian Kirk. So if I get two of those three uh, for AJ Green, I'm taking it. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at. John, what do you think? Are you going with the veteran here just to be different, or what? <laughs> no, I can't do it. Yeah, more, <laughs> in fact, you know what Outhouse just said. More and Ridley actually probably get help you compete a little bit more than AJ Green does, um, just because they give you you know, more options as the season goes on. And both, I mean, both of these guys are more Ridley is already producing more is about to, this is, yeah, this, this is a win now and win from now on type of package. So yeah, I'm definitely taking that side. 
Um, we're, let's uh, rapid fire a couple of these real quick. Um, we're uh, taking up way too much of you guys' time, but we did want to get to a couple of these. So this one, I think I want to just throw this one over to Outhouse and then give the next one to Brian. Um, but I'm picking I'm picking you, Russ, because you said earlier that you don't do you know player for player trades in uh, the same position in the same tier. So I'm mm-hmm. wondering if you consider these guys to be the same tier. I, I'm wondering how you're going to break this one down. So this is a 12 team half PPR, and it's actually a keeper league. It's not a dynasty league. Um, five keepers. Um, the team that would be getting Aaron Jones is going into rebuild mode here. By the way, this came from Avid FF on Twitter to the Superflex Show account. So this is Aaron Jones straight up for Alex Collins. See, I love how you give me an Aaron Jones question and you give Brian the T.Y. Hilton question where he's the Aaron Jones boy and T.Y. till you die, man. That's right. That was that also was uh, was by design, secretly. I, you you saw right through it, though. I I got you, man. If you could see me right now, I'm doing that, you know, where I point to my eyes and I point to yours. That's But you guys, you're too good for video. Uh, all right. But since this is supposed to be rapid fire, uh, Aaron Jones all day. Uh, I went into this season a gigantic Alex Collins fan. And when did the Ravens become a passing team, first of all? And second of all, they don't seem to like Alex Collins very much. I thought when they didn't draft a running back that that meant they were committing a little bit. But then all of a sudden, Buck Allen, you know, is stealing touches from Collins. And now they, I mean, they didn't even really have to pay for Ty Montgomery, but they have Ty Montgomery on the team now. Who knows how they'll use him, but it's just another person for Collins to compete with. And with all of this, it just doesn't show that they're committed to him past this year. And especially in a dynasty league, even in a keeper league, not knowing what they're going to cost going forward, I I take Aaron Jones and pray that either McCarthy, you never want to pray that someone gets fired, but yeah, you kind of pray that he gets fired or he realized that, hey, when I give Aaron Jones more touches, he does better things with the ball, and we win football games. So he keeps doing it. I'm I'm all Aaron Jones on this one. But yes, nice. no no trading same positions and same tiers. But the keeper yeah. helps it a little bit. Well, and and here's why you don't do that, by the way, because this is going to be a total win for the Aaron Jones side. Yes, and a total loss for the Alex Collins side. And there's not going to be a way to make up, you know, the difference in the value lost especially when Kenneth Dixon comes back and Alex Collins becomes an a, an total afterthought. All right, so I'm going to give you one, Brian. This one came to Superflex Show from our friend T-Mart, at transactionist T-Mart. underscore, and uh, it's just a PPR dynasty. T.Y. Hilton or Chris Godwin and Tyler Lockett? Go ahead, pick the Penn State guy. <laughs> Yeah, it has nothing to do with that, though. Um, <laughs> I I mean, it, it does have to do with him, but it doesn't have to do with that. Um, I, I would take the Godwin and Lockett side here. Um, and for me, it just comes down to what I believe Chris Godwin's going to turn into. Uh, and I've been on this. You guys should know. Uh, the very first time I ever came on the show, uh, very first show I ever came on, um, <laughs> I was touting Chris Godwin. You and, bought it. You bought a brand yeah. new microphone just to say Chris Godwin. I, lit- <laughs> I literally did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was yes. awesome. 
and and I think I came in like swinging a sword, saying that nobody could talk about Chris Gowan except me in that episode too. So, um, but yeah, no, I just I you know Deshaun Jackson's gone. He's not going to be there moving forward in Tampa. Um, they can cut him after this year with zero dead money. He's making like twelve million bucks or something. There, he's he's not going to be there. Uh, and Chris Godwin is going to assume that wide receiver two role. And I just, you know, I, I, you know, we've talked about Tampa a lot, and we've talked about their volume and Jameis, and Jameis has been freaking terrible. And I missed on that one. Apologies. Um, you know, I just, I just think Godwin is definitely going to step into that wide receiver two role in Tampa, and I think that, you know, that offense is a passing offense, and they're going to throw the ball no matter who's under center, uh, if it's Fitz. Great. If it's Jameis, if he's throwing to his team, great. Um, you know, um, and and then the other th- thing, Tyler Lockett has been pretty good this year in Seattle. I mean, he's been kind of one of their more. Would you say he's been unsustainably good? <laughs> Probably, but he's still a guy that I think will have some value. Um, so, so that's another thing here, here, here's the other thing that you have to remember in trading too. And this goes back to more of a philosoph- philosophical thing, right? So you have to look at these guys as assets. So you're, you're, you know, just because you're getting Tyler Lockett in a deal or Chris Godwin in a deal, those guys might not be on your roster three weeks from, I mean, you make a trade today, they might not be in your roster three weeks from now. You know, you're, you're. I mean, obviously, the goal is to win again. So you're you're thinking about your roster and how they fit in your roster. But one of the things that really sets people apart when it comes to being, I don't want to say good because there's a lot of luck involved, but you know, people that consistently make trades that end up helping their team are guys that are thinking two and three moves ahead. Um, you know, and I think that's something that here, I think even if I'm not huge, I, I'm a big Godwin guy. Um, TY, I believe is going to be a declining asset within 18. Now? I was about or, to say a week. Yeah. I mean now and, and, and within the next year and a half, he's, he's, he's not going to be the same guy that he's been. So, you know, Chris Godwin to me is a rising asset. He's a guy that I want. I've publicly said and gotten a lot of crap for it. You know, that I believe he, I would have taken him over any wide receiver in this class. And that's a, that's a big statement considering how many of these guys have, you know, look like they're going to be things in the league. Um, but I just, I just do. I think, I think Godwin has all the tools. Uh, and I think he's in a situation where he's not going to be facing top corners on teams and he's good enough that he's going to really produce against teams second and third corners. So, um, that's why I would make the deal is because of Godwin, but Tyler Lockett is an asset. Even if I'm not super high on him, I believe I could probably turn into something that I like a little better, you know, whether that's a pick, whether that's another player that I, you know, think has maybe a different trajectory than he does. You know, he holds value right now because he's producing. So, um, I would, I would definitely go with the Godwin Lockett side here, um, it, and it would be it would be a fairly easy decision for me. Yeah, I, I like that, Brian, a lot because you don't want to rely on Andrew Luck trying to throw the ball outside the hash marks too with yeah. that 
soupy shoulder that he's got. So I, I think that's that that definitely plays into it too a little bit. I mean, he's not a Ty's not a tight end, so <laughs> he's not going to get much love in that offense. All right, let's do one more here, and we're we'll, we're just looking for everyone will give in an an answer here, but we're looking for you know two or three words, four words, something like that. This should be a real quick one. Uh, and I have a feeling that uh, that it's not going to take a whole lot of time to to work through this. So this came from our buddy Super Dupa Flex. It came to both me and the show handles on Twitter. This is uh, what would you pay for Jameis Winston in a twelve team dynasty Super Flex? Would you go uh, a high twenty nineteen first, a mid to, uh, mid to low twenty nineteen first? An early second or lower than that? And let's start with James. Let's start with James this time. Ooh. Yeah, I'm giving up nothing. Uh, maybe I'd pick him up off the waiver wire if he was on there. I'm, I'm <laughs> that low on Jameis. Wow. I don't like Jameis, but I couldn't go quite that low. Yeah, I'll just give my answer real quick. To, to me, he's still a, a mid to low first. He's going to start somewhere. Oh, it's gross. He, I know, I know. I can't stand the guy, but he's going to start somewhere. It won't be Tampa Bay, I don't think, but he's going to find a starting job. Well, so is Nathan Peterman, but I'm not giving him anything <laughs> up for him. I... Someone had to get hurt for Nathan Peterman to do it. Jam- I, that's what's going to take Winston. for Jameis. Jameis Winston could be throwing to Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton next year. Oh, good. you better hope not. As a Bronco <laughs> I, fan, you better me. hope not, man. <laughs> yeah, tr- trust me. I, uh, I'm, I'm definitely saying my prayers every single night at the foot of my bed that that doesn't happen. But it's just my Cortland luck. Sutton it's would coming. still catch the ball. Oh yeah, he would. Yeah. All right. So All what right, do you, first- what do you think, Outhouse? Uh, first of all, I have to say, Super Dupa Flex is a fantastic handle. So kudos, so man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, I'd still give a late first. I agree. He's probably not back in Tampa, but he's going to start somewhere. The dude has enough talent that some arrogant coach is going to think they could fix him. So he'll get his shot. And anybody who's a starting quarterback that isn't named nate peterman or whatever his that's his name right uh <laughs> it isn't named that guy is worth a first so I'll, I'll give a late first pretty easily for james winston and i'll go second here um like an early second yeah currently currently i would go an early uh, early second okay well, also there's no good quarterbacks really coming out like who would you rather have winston or herbert on the Giants, let's just say. I mean, I'd rather have Winston on a mystery team. I think I might take Herbert there, but um, that, yeah, I, I mean, point I, well taken. I don't think that by the end of the first round, there's not going to be anything left in the super flex. Yeah, but unless you're sitting there totally stacked at other positions, I think. I mean, if 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 you're if you're it, it, obviously if you don't have a starting quarterback, I mean, if you don't have a starting quarterback, then obviously you're going to want Jameis you know, and be willing to pay a little bit more for him. If you have somebody that you can put in that spot that can throw a ball to his team, um, you know, then I would try to use that on a, you know, I don't know, player that I, at a, a positional player that I thought would potentially contribute at some point in the future. All right, hold on. I'm going to bring it back real quick. I'm going to bring it all the way back around. If you're rebuilding, don't be afraid to sell picks for players. If I'm rebuilding and I have no good quarterbacks and I have 
the 108, I would send the 108 for Jameis Winston right away because that's going to get you a starting quarterback and a young starting quarterback. And what are you going to get with the 108? Who knows? So I would be absolutely fine doing that just to bring the beginning conversation and this conversation back. That's a Yeah, that's a great call. I, I would probably shop a little bit, maybe see if Josh Rosen is available because people – just they they bail on these guys way too soon it, it's way too much of an instant gratification thing in fantasy football and it, it typically takes a year or two for a quarterback to learn an NFL system so it, you know that's that's why you can get some of these rookie wide receivers so cheap but mm-hmm. it, and it's the same thing with a quarterback so I'd shop it a little bit but I'm with you I mean if if Jameis Winston is going to be the best quarterback available it's absolutely worth the pick to have a player that you can start somewhat building around uh, without worrying about potentially a you know a, a bust. So that's a great call. Um, I feel like we've taken up plenty of you guys' time. I mean, we could go through trades for days. Promise. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna skip the James Conner trade, aren't we? No, no, hold on. I want to talk about this for one second, even if you don't want to really actually go into the talk. To be continued. <laughs>